Nice stroll. Yeah, pretty much. Mr. Rogers sweater. Yeah. Um, he was in a Star Trek t-shirt, but yes. Close enough. He is wearing suspenders. <laughs> My God. Anyway. Well, okay, okay. There and he'll kill me if he knows that I'm telling people this, but he he doesn't have a butt. <laughs> He's just flat back there. So there's nothing for his so pants. Hank Hill. Got it. All right. Yeah. There's nothing for his pants to sit on. So they just kind of fall down and he's just constantly riching them up. So he wears suspenders to keep his pants from falling down all the time. This is understandable. Yeah. Keep this in the podcast. It's good content. I might. We'll see how lazy I get when I edit. I'll send him the link to this episode if you do. Please don't. Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can get violent and angry. Welcome to The Squonk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo. And I'm Kraken. And today we are going to be talking about a spooky story from our friend Kraken here, who's going to be telling the tale this week. And it is about Sam the Sandown Clown. This actually came as a suggestion from uh, our best friend, Ranger. Wait, Ranger's your best friend now? What about me? Well, when we have best friend Zunder, best friend Mo, best friend Ranger, like there's, there's there's many of them. Okay, fair. I will let it slide this time. This time. Got it. <clears throat> but seriously, we love Ranger. We do. Yes. Yes. He dropped this in the suggestions channel and I was like, hmm, this, this seems very interesting. And I like freaking Mo out, so. Oh, no. Even better. Am I going to be tearing my headphones off and throwing them across the room again? Uh, you might. Crap. So Sam the Sandown Clown is a is is listed as a paranormal entity that was only spotted and interacted with once in Sandown, England, in 1973. Supposedly, okay. he is. Hmm? Hang on. The 70s. Happened to be known for a prime time of hallucinogenic drugs. If you're well, um, uh, the two main characters in our story who interacted with this being uh, were children. So, kids hopped up on LSD. Yeah, I mean it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah, it's fine. Sam is allegedly nearly seven feet tall. And he has no neck, since his head appears to be wedged just straight onto his shoulders. His skin is paper white, and he wears a yellow pointed hat, which interlocked with a red collar of his green tunic. The hat also has a black knob affixed to the top of the hat, and what appears to be wooden antenna on either side. The face has triangular markings for eyes, and a brown square for a nose, and motionless yellow lips. He also has other circular markings on his cheeks, and a fringe of red hair hanging down over his forehead. More of these supposed wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his white trousers. 
It's been suggested that Sam is an alien, and this could explain his non-moving lips and his supposed head being attached directly to his body, sort of like a spacesuit. I... I... I already don't like this. It gets worse. Oh. It gets so much worse. And Kraken is no longer allowed to read to read stories. This or is my read one and podcast. only story. <laughs> uh, so this begins on an unspecified date in 1973 in the nearby hills of the Shanklin and Sandown Golf Club in the town of Sandown, which is located on the Isle of Wight's east coast. Two children, one which was not given a name, uh, and a seven-year-old using the alias Faye. The two children were exploring the area when they heard what sounded like a monotone siren, similar to an, an ambulance. So they decided to go searching for the source of the strange sound, because, you know, why not, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, I hear a strange sound, and that shouldn't be there. I'm going to go directly towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably fine. So they follow the sound, and they come across a small bridge. And this is where the siren suddenly stopped, and a blue-gloved hand emerged from underneath the bridge. As this creature appeared, he seemed it seemed startled by the children's presence. The figure seemed to fumble with a book of some kind before dropping it into the water. It splashed around a bit to get its book back before fleeing with a series of bounding hops as if it were under the effects of low gravity. The children watched as it went into a windowless metal building similar to what's seen on construction sites. You know, like the little trailers where they have, like, the desk and stuff in there? Oh, oh, yeah, for, like, where, yeah, the actual workers have the office and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it looks something like that. Okay. And it came back with a small microphone-like device. After a brief reprise of the siren noise, which was possibly just microphone feedback, the figure began to speak to the children. It was as if a voice was speaking directly into their ears that said, Hello, are you still there? After this figure pulled out, after this, the figure pulled out a notebook instead and wrote in large letters, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. As Faye read the confusing message out loud, she realized that as the creature spoke, his lips didn't move, which made it difficult to understand what he was saying. Sam asked the children uh, questions and they asked him questions in return. They asked about his ripped clothes, to which Sam said that they were the only clothes that he owned. Upon noticing the unnatural paleness of his skin, they asked if he was really a man. No, replied Sam. So they asked if he were a ghost. And his answer was even weirder. Well, not I mean, really. How, how do you get weirder than that? Because when they asked if he was a ghost, he simply said, Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. So they asked, Well, what are you then? At this point, Sam took the notebook again and drew a sketch of what another him looked like, implying that there were more creatures just like him. Sam had told the children that humans frightened him and that he was afraid of being attacked if anyone ever discovered him, uh, but said that he wouldn't fight back. At some point, Sam had convinced the children. Now, I don't know, like, what uh, your theory about the children being on some sort of drug, like, was plausible at this point because at some reason the children decided to follow sam into his metal home oh yeah that's what i would do that that's only what i would do and get this, this it doesn't have an actual door it's accessed through a small flap that's all it said so i'm assuming like doggy door when i hear that so you know how when you're a kid they tell you not to go off with strangers 
and this, this is, is why. why. <laughs> Once they were in the hut, Sam supposedly removed his hat to reveal that he had white round or er, round white ears and sparse brown hair. So I guess it really was like a suit because he I thought took the, he had red hair. The red hair was on the uh, the helmet thing that he was wearing. Because that that's how it was like they applied hair to the helmet, I guess. Fashion, I, I, I don't know. Vogue, come a girl. Yeah. But the children described the interior of the hut, stating that it had two levels: the ground floor being wallpapered in blue green and covered with a pattern of dials. It also had an electric heater uh, and wooden furniture that they just described as simple. The first floor was a lot shorter than the ground floor, so the ceiling was like a lot lower, and it had metal flooring. Sam also in- hinted that he had a, quote, camp on the mainland, but he didn't specify where. While they talked with Sam, he discussed his diet. He said that he collected berries during the late afternoon, but he again didn't say where. He also said that after some cleaning, uh, the water nearby in the river was safe to drink. Sam then, at this point, demonstrated how he ate. The children stated that before eating a berry, he performed an odd conjuring trick, as they put it. He placed the berry in his ear and thrust his head forward, causing the berry to disappear and reappear at one of his odd eyes. Repeat the process, the berry went from his eye to his mouth. It's possible that he was wearing a protective mask and was checking if the berry was poisonous or not. Mm-hmm. I don't... So he put it in his ear and it popped out his eye and then popped back in and out his mouth. Yeah, you know how you've seen like the magic tricks and stuff where they like pretend to put something in their ear and like make it seem like it's coming out of their eye and stuff like that. I'm guessing that's what they're hinting at. He was like doing like a magic trick almost. Okay, that's not what I saw in my head. Yeah, no, in you my can take head, it very literal, but... Yeah, okay, so in my head, he stuck it in his ear, and then, you know how you said there were, like, these triangle shapes? Yeah. Like, they were just a... It just showed up. And for some well, reason, I'm, assuming, I'm thinking it's a blueberry. I don't know. You said berry. I don't know what kind of berry. Yeah, I, I, I went through several different sources and pieced, like, this together, because the first one that I read kept it very simple, and it was very short, but then I found another one that went into more detail, so I kind of combined the both of them. So I don't know if at this point he put the helmet back on and he stuck it like in the, inside the ear of the helmet and that's how it like appeared to go in the ear and out the eye and all that. Because it said he could be just, you know, sticking it through this protective mask to check if it's poisonous or not. Yeah. Because um, we don't know where he got these berries from or what kind of berry they were. It's just some kind of berry. Yeah. But after they they talked for about 30 minutes or so, and after that, they said goodbye to Sam and headed back to the golf course. They told several people about Sam, but of course, no one believed them. And then finally, on we have a date now on June 2nd of 1973. So I'm guessing this it doesn't say how long after the encounter this was. So I'm assuming it could be a few days. It could be a month. I don't I don't really know. But anyway, on June 2nd. Same year, Faye told her father, who also wanted to be referred to as Mr. Y, because they wanted to both be anonymous mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, she told her father about Sam, and he commented on the detailed description of her experience, which he briefly verified with the other child that was with her. Um, but Mr. Y thought it was either an overactive imagination, a hallucination of some kind, 
or it was someone dressed up to just scare children, but Faye gave another specific detail about Sam that, combined with everything else, seemed a little too descriptive. She said that Sam had three fingers on and, and toes on each hand and foot. So all of that, along with the fact that Mr. Y also had his own encounter that made things a little more believable for him. Three years earlier, on October 20th in 1970, Mr. Y was traveling toward Ride from Shanklin on the Isle of Wight to visit a friend when he suddenly noticed a large, multi-lit aircraft flying low over the marshlands along the River Yar. As he stopped the car to observe the strange craft, he noted that a wide ring of seven or more lights could be seen, each of them a large and clearly defined sphere like a bright red cherry, and interspersed with turquoise light and a white light, but no sound could be heard. Mr. Y continued driving. As he drove, it seemed that the object was flying parallel to him, and it eventually was flying around 300 yards behind his car while slowly rotating. So, this, this is perfectly fine. Perfectly normal. Um, I feel like you and I have a very different definition of fine. And a very different definition of normal. Yeah. Because, um... I don't, I don't know about you, but I am not a fan of UFOs following me and spinning. He's and, just standing there menacingly. And I, um, I also don't have that happen very often, um, mm. as in never. So that, that, that uh challenges your fine and your normal just a little bit do we have so any more I guess questions I should... or comments cuz uh well I, I i guess i should also mention that i am afraid to watch the movie signs which i have never seen because the whole concept of it freaks me out I don't think I've seen it, but I want to watch it. Well, you never, you haven't seen any movies, but I am yet yeah, like the realistic alien concept is very scary to me. And you I should totally watch this movie that, you know, Bean just loves. Um, I have it saved. Let me, uh, while you finish your sentence there, I will yeah. figure so, out like, the name of this movie. Over the top fake stuff like Independence Day. I love Independence Day. Um, I, I'm, I'm scared of signs. Yeah, there was one, um, I can't remember what the name of it was. I've got too many listed here to try to figure out where it was in here. But anyway, um, basically the aliens showed up to these people's houses disguised as an owl. This is why, um, some people don't like owls. Because they've seen this movie. Is, is it Harry Potter? No, no. This, this <laughs> owl is not taking you to Hogwarts. It's taking you somewhere else. Yeah, well, That's I a very creepy it... movie. I thought it was good. It was sort of like a found footage documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it all stems back because I saw Close Encounters when I was probably too young to see that movie. Bro, I saw that movie at a young age and I loved it. 
And today we uh, highlight the differences between Mo and Kraken. And here yeah. we have Krakow showing his age. Um, I liked the movie so much that I got, you know, the whole blank VHS tape and put it into the VCR to record it on TV. <laughs> yeah, so we actually bought, we actually owned the VHS tape of it. Uh, but I, um, yeah, I was terrified. And what's interesting is I, I don't know why it stuck with me because when I was, again, way too young to be watching things my brother i was probably like five showed me um night of the living dead the original the black and white one that's a wonderful movie yeah Mm -hmm. and zombies don't bother me i like zombie movies Mm -hmm. but this one bothered you realistic aliens the earnest halloween movie nope nightmares realistic aliens bother you zombies don't bother you and for some reason trolls bother you because that's so realistic right no because i loved the troll toys troll toys were like my favorite i had so many of them it was that particular big-headed creepy raisin looking dude yeah and the weird growls that he made oh man i i saw that movie once and i cried and you should add that to your movie night list, like for Halloween or something. Or I could not. Yeah, but I like my idea better. I, I see for me, Halloween, Chris, and he he's like a huge vintage horror movie fan. And we're completely off topic right now. I'm sorry. But this he's a, he's like a vintage horror movie fan. So like uh, Halloween, Poltergeist exorcist like all those uh the original chance called massacre and to me that is now like the halloween movie like mm-hmm. you know so i would i would much rather watch something like poltergeist uh than Ernest's halloween special uh, well then again completely off topic but chris might like to know that i have i think three special cuts of uh the halloween movies um this guy edits movies and stuff together so he Mm -hmm. took like halloween one and two threw in a bunch of deleted scenes and edited them edited them both together to be one long continuous movie maybe we should watch that at halloween time i will warn you they're extremely long okay well Maybe we can have it's a basically private... two movies in one with extras. So I mean, some yeah. of them can be like upwards of three hours. So we can have a, a private movie screening, <laughs> or one of those yeah. ones where you like pop in and out or something. But I I know yeah. Chris would like to see that. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, continuing on. Got, I just uh, needed this... to distract myself from the story because I'm not creeped out. You're creeped out. Yeah, that's fine. So. Um, we got this flying saucer thing flying 300 yards behind Mr. Y's car, and it's just slowly rotating and following him. I'm guessing he's just like estimating. He's like, yeah, it looks about 300 yards because wait till you hear what he does next. Oh, no. Because, you know, everyone is, you know, so smart when it comes to stuff like this, you know, following weird sounds, stuff like that, you know, totally normal. Um. He decides to stop his car again. This time, he gets out of the car 
and attempts to signal the craft with his flashlight. Because what could go wrong uh, there, right? I, 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 could, so, like, have these people never watched a movie or television show ever in their life? It was the I 70s. The, that stuff existed then. Like, if this was in the 1500s, okay, yes, they have never seen a movie mm-hmm. or a television show. But this was the 70s. Yeah. They should know better. What's what's probably going to bug you the most is, like, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't find anything that said if him signaling this craft with his flashlight had any effect because... The next, the story just continues on with him back in his car, continuing his trip with the aircraft still following him. So I'm assuming it had no effect, and the aircraft was just looking at him like, "Bro, what are you doing? Keep going." Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I, he I, kept going. I don't like this. Air- I don't like this. I don't like. Yeah, it's fine. It gets worse, but it's fine. <laughs> but he just decides <laughs> to continue his trip, bringing his new friend, the aircraft, along with him. When he reached his his destination, his friend said that they also saw the aircraft and that it appeared to be playing hide-and-seek between the treetops. Later that evening, when Mr. Y left the house, the aircraft was gone. Following this incident, Mr. Y would often see single balls of red light in the sky which would hang stationary or follow him along as though checking his movement. Wait, did you say hang station? Oh, okay. Just kind of like hovering there in the air, yeah. I don't know why my okay. I, for, uh, let me preface. I did not think about well. hanging stationary. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hanging like letters or you know like oh fancy paper. Uh, I didn't sleep much last night. Is. Yeah, I didn't sleep well last night. Um, I was really wound up and had trouble falling asleep, so I only got a couple hours of sleep. So this is probably a really bad idea to record tonight, by the way. But uh, yeah, I th- when you said he was going to hang stationary. I thought he had like you know the the paper with like the little flowers in the corner. Oh my um, God, yes. Maybe corporate letterhead, um, some envelopes, perhaps mm-hmm. a thank you card. Um, it's a thank you card for the from the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for letting us stalk you. Okay, yeah. so it would hover. <laughs> yeah, these little balls of red light, just like single red lights, would just like float in the sky or follow him along as though it was just like keeping tabs on him, basically. Um, But other than that, uh, two years after that, on March 1st, 1972, he had another encounter. He was sitting on a cliffside at Compton Bay, and we even have a time frame for this one. It was between 9 and 10 p.m. Uh, He stated that he ended up on this cliff uh, because there was an unexpected tidal surge that basically like brought the tide in early, so he couldn't get back to his car. So he was just like chilling on this cliff until a cliff until the tide went back out and he could get back to his car. But um, how he described it was, he said he had been driven there by an unexpected tidal surge that was seemingly caused, in part at least, by some form of droning underwater craft, because Mister Y spotted two yellow lights about forty feet away peering up at me like the eyes of some horrible sea monster not far below the surface of the water. Maybe it was After Nessie. this event, I mean, it could have been. It could have been, you know, the, you're just coming to say hi. That's all. But after this, the uh, the tide receded, and he was able to return to his car and drive home safely. 
Um, Mr. Y noted about his daughter's encounter. Uh, he was quoted saying, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality created by this strange personage. He told them that he had just made the hut. And also Faye told me that while they were talking to this ghost, there were two workmen nearby repairing a post and they paid no attention to all of this going on. It was as if they couldn't see it. Hmm. So there's that. So it makes me wonder if either it was two kids running around and the construction people were like, ah, it's just two kids running around. Um, or if the, the guys couldn't see the kids either. Yeah, it could be that too. I, I, it doesn't say like, uh, how far away they were. So yeah. it just is nearby. So, but when they show the map of the area, like it's not a large patch of woods and it seems like it was kind of like sparse. So, oh, that's um, not what I, I expected I, him to look like. I don't know why I thought the triangles were upside down. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really it's almost like if someone tried to take a a wooden helmet and make a clown mascot head out of wood instead of painting the stuff on, they just like take wooden shapes and stick them onto the head. Like like the shapes I look feel, 3D. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this was someone's totally screwing with these kids. It could have been. And the dad could have just been on LSD. Because, like, the dad never saw this figure, right? No, but he He did see all these weird lights. Yeah, he saw the lights in the UFO, but he never saw the figure. So I'm going to posit a theory. Because I like to, whenever we talk about, like, the supernatural stuff, I try to somehow justify. So, like, last week we talked about the Bell Witch and how... It quite possibly could have been arsenic poisoning, which, oh, follow up. I was talking to Allie a little bit, and she said that arsenic poisoning was actually a very popular way for slaves to get back at poor slave owners. Like, obviously, all slave owners were terrible, but like yeah. the ones who were like vicious and really treated them poorly. Were extra mean. Yeah, the, the really bad ones. Um, so a lot of them would use arsenic which was heavily available in the areas that the slaves were where you know doing stuff in the barn doing stuff out you know cleaning all that stuff um so they would use arsenic to poison their things so if it was all of the slaves ganging up together it would be really easy to pretend hey look it's a witch yeah and especially the uh the banging outside at night Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you got a lot of people you can bang on several spots of the house at once Exactly. Um, so anyway, so I tried to kind of see like what could have happened, like yeah. logically. And I'm wondering if the dad possibly hopped up on a hallucinogenic drug or potentially having some sort of medical condition that caused him to hallucinate. Perhaps it wasn't illegal drugs. Perhaps it was, you know, just. Yeah, but you got the friend who saw the craft, too. Okay, hang on. So, have you ever seen something, done something, whatever, and then a friend sarcastically said, oh, yeah, and uh, you didn't pick up on the sarcasm? Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Or 
Yeah. If it was if it was drugs, if they were both on it. That too. But like I I would believe the sarcasm thing before that cuz like Yeah. Two people who are not taking the same drug together and they're not together at the True. time when they see it. Well, and additionally, it's kind of a pretty the, big coincidence that they see the same thing. Yeah. So the friend saw the lights, but the friend didn't see the lights the same way. Like they didn't see that follow him. They didn't see all the, you know, so like maybe yeah. it was there were lights and he was tripping and thought the lights were different than, the, you know, so there were lights, yeah. just not spinning UFOs. Yeah. And then, you know, people are cruel and horrible and um i'm thinking back to independence day he said he had been abducted by an alien and everybody made fun of him for being abducted by an alien so then someone makes an alien costume and screws with his kids bro why though because people are assholes Fair enough, yeah. I mean, I could totally see him pulling up to the house and being like, yeah, there's this weird UFO thing following me, and his friend just sarcastically like, yeah, I saw it too. It looked like it was playing hide-and-seek in the treetops. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, just too. Just mess with him. This was Sandown uh, Military Base. Um, uh, specifically, there, it was uh, Sandown is like a town. It's uh, so it there the is White, so. the yep. There is the Sandown Barrack Battery, which is a military installment in Sandown Bay, close to the town of Sandown in the Isle of Wight. Does it say uh, like if it's near certain areas? Because like I have locations on here too. He was heading towards Ride R Y D E from Shanklin. So there's seventy, there's seventy forts, seventy military installments on that coast. I'm uh, looking at Google Maps. I found the at least one of the. Uh, I don't know if there's multiple of those rivers, but I found a river called Western Yar, and then you know it mentioned the River Yar, so. Yeah, the new battery is actually not very far. So if they were doing tests in that area over what would be Norton Green, that area, then mm. it's not it's not that out of the ordinary because they're not that far from that river. Yeah, and potentially it could have been something like a drone or yeah. something that and it's top secret, so no one was allowed to know. So he saw something he wasn't supposed to see. Yeah, it's like people go to uh, Roswell, where Area 51 is, to see the lights and stuff. And I'm not saying, maybe it was an alien. I'm I'm not yeah, discounting yeah, no. it. I'm not yeah. discounting it. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. So, you said that base was called the Battery or something like that? Uh, the Sandown Barrack Battery. I'm assuming this is the same thing. It's just, again, it's this is a newer map compared to older stuff, but this is called the New Battery. Okay. Uh and if yeah. I look up, just for example, directions to, from there, just to see about how yeah. far away it is from about middle ways. I'm going to click on one of these locations about, about so, the middle of the river. It's only about 15 minutes away by car. Actually, if it was along the river Yar, that's actually very close to the, the golf club. It's actually right across the street from the golf club. There's a ton of possibilities for it. So, yeah. I, like I said, I'm not discounting. Ooh, the garlic right, yeah. farm shop and restaurant. That sounds delicious. I love garlic. 
I'm just looking at food now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's marked on the map. I can't help it. But multiple things that, like, upon looking at this map, there are a lot of theories you can go with this. Because, like, also right near the River Yar and the golf club is the Isle of Wight Airport. I see that. I and see that. And what airports have? Red signal lights to signal where the planes are going to land. And if it's windy, the trees would go down and back and forth, making the lights show in and out of the trees. Yeah, so let's but see. But you would think if they lived there, they would have known that the lights do that unless they just never paid attention. Yeah, but if you're freaked out, you're not thinking logically. If, you're, if your kid just told you that they saw an alien clown in the forest, your brain's going to be on aliens for a little while, most likely. True, true. At least mine would. I would not especially be like... Especially if you're potentially... Just an airplane. Yeah, especially if you're potentially on drugs. That too, yeah. Yeah, because in the 70s, LSD was really... Because that's... um. I know we had talked about this on Twitch at one point about the whole MK Ultra thing. And yeah. that was that started in the 50s and then went through the 60s into the 70s. So LSD and that's really um for anybody who is listening that doesn't know, that is how LSD became um a street drug. Unfortunately, the CIA. Yeah. Yep, the CIA introduced LSD yeah, so piecing to drunk college students. Mm-hmm. Piecing everything together, yeah, and all the golf club, the river, and the airport are both between Shanklin and Ride, which is where he was going to ride from Shanklin's along the river. So he would have probably passed by the golf club at some point, passed over a bridge over the river. Mm-hmm. So I mean. And it, and you know what? I keep saying he could have been hallucinating. It could have been just paranoia. He could have been stressed out. And you know, when you're stressed out, you you read into things. You kind of your brain yeah. car- starts going crazy. Um, yeah, but, a little further up, there is actually a second airport too. I see uh, that there's the Isle of Wight slash Sandown Airport, and then the Isle of Wight Airport. Are they maybe well, not the same? The- I think they're the same thing, but I'm talking about if you go on up where you see like St. Helens, there's the Bembridge Airport as well. Oh, over there. I see that. Yeah. Like you got multiple airports in the area. Yeah. And if it was either a low flying plane or a low flying plane that muscled the trees and made them split. So then you could see the runway lights and the clearance lights. It's plausible. Yeah. But that's basically it for my story. Oh, okay. That's just that's just where it ended. Was just him saying that uh, the two, about the two workmen paying no attention to what was going on, like they couldn't see it, and that's all they got from them. So, yeah. I mean, what I like about this is it it's very open ended. So, like, we can have these, like, we can try to poke holes in it, but yeah. in the end, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Maybe aliens walk among us. Maybe. Um, I like to think that Earth is the um, the deep south of the universe. That Mm -hmm. aliens are like, oh, no, you don't go there. Lock your doors when you fly by. Yeah, go around. It's it's fine. You want to go the long way. But uh, I, yeah. 
it's possible. It's possible. I mean, yeah, somehow the they way... had to find out that we are the deep south of the universe. And, you know, you don't find that out without interacting. Yeah, pretty much. But, but um... it's kind of like, um, I guess it was last week you were saying about how many. Actually, you might not have even been on the podcast. <laughs> Now that I think about it, but about how many legends are just thing. Oh, no, it was during the podcast. It was when we were talking about the the giant oversized bird. You know, yeah. it could just be something you had never seen before. And because you didn't see it before, you had no idea. It's it kind of goes into the whole concept of like if we went just back think in about time. The, just think about the first person who saw a bear. Yeah, that it was a monster. And, oh, Jesus Christ, what is that? Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, if we went back in time and handed a cell phone to, like, a pilgrim. We'd be would... burned at the stake for witchcraft. Exactly, exactly. And um, I don't know if there was a show on the BBC years back called Primeval. Did we ever talk about that I show? I don't think we did, no. All right, so it's these um, these anomalies. They're basically, like, these just, like, holes in time open up and dinosaurs come to modern day England and like you can go through and go back and you know all over the time and stuff like that but um one of the things that they had talked about because they were trying to understand these anomalies and then they started looking into legends to be like you know back in you know north north uh viking times nordic that's what I was trying to think of I was like, North, North, North. Yeah. Uh, so back North in Viking face. times, the North face of oh God. Uh, so back in the Viking eras, if they saw a Triceratops or, you know, even like Nessie, if you saw a Brontosaurus, you would be like, oh my God, it's this mythical creature. And it's just like, no, not, no. No, it's not. Yeah. But yeah. because you don't know, you just think it's like an act of one of the gods or, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of all the different, you know, Greek mythology, yeah. Roman mythology, uh, North myth mythology. Um, a lot of things in that, if you look back on it now, it could very well be explained because we know so much more. Like, oh, um, that was actually a refraction of light that made something look different. Because, uh, like, the Aurora Borealis, they had no idea why that did it, the thing it did. So, you know, it was magic. It was a gift. It was, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it could very well just be something like that, that in the 70s, and, you know, someday down the line, maybe we will know what happened. And we'll know, like, yeah. maybe we'll come in contact with this race of aliens that look like, that uh and you know or maybe unsettling. It maybe it's a human that mutated somehow and he wore a helmet because he couldn't breathe otherwise i there's there's so i was many thinking because it says that he had like what appeared to be wooden slats like a lot of what he looked like had wood involved it if he's over seven feet tall if he's got wooden slats coming out of his pants could it be someone like wearing stilts very possible. Very. Someone possible. rigged together some stilts, and it just so happened the wood was poking through the pants they put on. Yeah, yeah. 
that's and that kind of goes back to the theory of it was just a human screwing with these kids yeah and if there was repairmen nearby working on a pole i mean i know they're working on a pole they're not there for a long time but if there was construction nearby that would explain the metal building why mm-hmm. it had all the stuff in it that it did i don't know but unless it was just an abandoned metal building from previous construction that someone put a bunch of stuff in maybe he has some homeless guy or yeah, a, a homeless camp had taken over it and were turning it into something habitable. And, you know, during the day they didn't need to be there. They were off looking for food or, you know, whatever. And this guy was like, this is my opportunity. Or maybe it was a homeless guy that was <laughs> screwed with these kids. Yeah. But, uh, I will say I, I clicked on street view near the, uh, golf course as close as I can get to the golf course just to see what the area looked like. Um, it is very much overgrown. It is not sparse at all. Oh, really? Like the road in front of the golf course is, uh, there's only one car. It's basically a one lane street because only a car, a single car could go fit down that street. And there's trees that overhang. It's almost completely overgrown. Now, would it have but, like, been There's that a way? lot of dense vegetation there. Yeah. So it's it's kind of... It's one of those things because, like, this happened 50 years. No, not 50. 30, 40, no, 40, 50. Yeah, this happened, like, 50 years ago. Uh, math is not my strong suit. So... so at that rate, if you're up for an adventure, we could, you know, fly over to Sandown and try to figure out uh, where this person is. Because I'm sure someone's heard this before. And would know yeah. who Faye is, because uh, if it's 50 years ago, she, that would, and she was 7 at the time, that makes her 57 today, so... Yeah. Because um, math. You have fun with that. Tell me how your adventure was. I'm it looks like a how... nice place, though. Disregarding all the weird alien stuff, like, it, it looks yeah. very nice. Well, Bro, they got I an interactive would... dinosaur museum. Okay, let's go. That's what I but, thought. <laughs> you just had to mention interactive dinosaur museum. But, one more thing, um before we kind of wrap up is you would think if there were actual alien things happening in the area, there would be more uh, sightings, more witness accounts, you know, more stuff happening than just a dad and his kid. And, you know, one thing we didn't really think about is what if the kid was screwing with the dad? That too. And then the dad ran with it and started telling people and going, you know, and the kid was just like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Let's just roll with this. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds like me, to be honest. (laughs) Cracko, did you make up Sam the Sandown Clown? I was the clown the whole time. (laughs) But yeah, there's so many possibilities and... There could it could very well be just something mysterious and unexplainable. Yeah. And what what I found weird too was like the dad didn't believe any of that. The description of the building, the des- description of Sam, none of that until she mentioned about him having three fingers and toes. That's what sold him. Like you y- your kid can make up interior of a of a building that this clown lives in and even what he looks and sounds like but what makes it real is the fact that he's got three fingers and toes 
And I wonder, so if he would, I would assume he would be wearing shoes. How do you know he has three toes? And then are they like he might three? Might have been wearing shoes. Well, that's that too. Are they like three big fingers, or is it like a person who lost two of their fingers on each hand? Yeah, like. And also, why does the three fingers sell him? Because he never actually saw one face to face that we know of. Yeah. No idea. I guess it's like that's one too many descriptive things. Yeah, like. It's just weird. It is weird. It is weird. It's very weird. We can go to the golf club and explore the area and see if we can find the building. See if we can find the clown. You can do that. I'm going to hit up the dinosaur museum. Uh, maybe grab something at the garlic restaurant. Sam <laughs> might just want to see the dinosaurs. That's all. Do you blame him? No, Dinos- not at all. Dinosaurs are so cool. One time Chris and I went down to the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Natural History and they have a leg bone from a dinosaur that was larger than the Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, all those. The leg bone from the ankle to the knee, so not including the foot, not including anything else, is like two and a half stories high. My God. It's 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 crazy. It's so it's so cool. They had this like crazy vicious fish thing that uh was fifteen feet long. And it was the skeleton and it had like all these gnarly teeth. It was so cool. If you ever yeah. come up to visit, um, I will take you there and you can see the, the crazy stuff. And I can get in trouble by trying to touch it. Okay. I Even will, if I fall in, it's fine. I will just magically not know who you are anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I foresee that happening quite often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty. So that is a wrap on another fantastic episode. We do want to thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back next week. And next week, I'm sensing my spidey, ten- my spidey senses are telling me we're going to do a true crime story next week. We are going to be having, hopefully, some really great things rolling out here uh, with social media. And uh, we want to get this up where it's recorded, no video, but put it on YouTube so that there's another easy place to access this. And lots of stuff that we will be slowly unveiling to the world but thank you again so much for your support and yes we'll see you next time bye is that gonna be your outro every episode bye was it last time i think so i love it then i'm gonna make it a regular thing then because i'm just like i I, that's just what i default to so